You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. All right. How's it going, Grace Family? Man, I'm fired up. I'm telling you. Um, it's been a few weeks since I spoke. We're on a, 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 a series. Some of you know. It's a relationship series. Uh, whether you're single or married, you're going to get something out of all of them. But this one is called Get Your Ship Together. So let's say it three times real fast, the person next to you. Do it. Get your ship together. Come on, get your ship together. See, some of you almost cussed in church. There you go. But I want to welcome all of our campuses. You know, we have seven campuses from all the way to South Tampa to, to Clearwater up north to Land Lakes. I'm not going to name all of them because I might forget one of them. Then they get offended. In fact, this message, you have to forgive me anyway as we get into this. But hey, we're going to talk about forgiveness. How many know that every healthy relationship, you have to have forgiveness? If you want to have healthy relationships, forgiveness is going to be a part of it. And so we're going to start with a a quiz because some of you think you already know what forgiveness is. But let's see how you do on this quiz. We're going to put put it on the screen. First one we can answer out loud. A person should not be forgiven until they ask for it. True or false? Oh, some of you weren't sure. Okay. Here's the next one. Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting the relationship. True or false? False. Okay, how about this one? You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten. Ooh, a little hesitation there. Actually, they're all false. You guys did a good job. There you go. But I tell you, I'll be honest with you, this is going to be a hard message. I I think forgiveness is one of the most difficult acts of love. And we call this one scraping barnacles because we're in this thing about your ship. And barnacles have something to do with unforgiveness. But watch this video. Hey guys, I'm here with Aubrey from Buccaneer Marine Detailing, and we're going to learn about barnacles. What are barnacles, Aubrey? Well, barnacles are an organism that will fester on the bottom of your boat if you leave it in the water too long. So this, they begin to build up and gather. Correct. And, and they can actually gather all some other little animals. Yeah, well, if you leave it in there too long, uh, the barnacles actually create a whole nother ecosystem of other organisms that are worse than barnacles. That sounds pretty bad. So what happens if, uh, like, when you have these barnacles, what do you do? You gotta, the maintenance schedule, you gotta scrape them off, I guess, right? Yeah, you gotta scrape them off with a scraper or use a pressure washer, something to clear them off of that surface. And you told me earlier, if you don't do that, that can affect the speed of the boat, it creates a drag on the boat, but if you just ignore barnacles, like for a long period of time, what can happen? Well, it will eat away at the fiberglass and Destroy the boat. Destroy the whole boat. Correct. If you ignore those barnacles. Yes. So don't ignore the barnacles if you have a boat. Correct. Thank you for your time. Hey, we go for a boat ride? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right, let's do it. So question for all campuses. Anybody have any barnacles in their life? We probably do. You know, barnacles really, to me, represent unforgiveness that when I was looking at these boats that the, these barnacles would attach to, if they didn't do regular maintenance, these barnacles could affect the speed of the boat. It causes a, a bad performance of the boat. And I believe for some of us, we haven't figured out how to deal with resentment and unforgiveness in our lives. And it's like these barnacles that just, they begin to build up and they can impact your life. And my heart, my goal today is for God to begin to do an amazing work in your life of scraping away maybe the resentment, the unforgiveness, the the barnacles that are there. Because listen, God wants us free from all that. I can tell you that. And so when when I think about 
forgiveness, I think about several things that we need to kind of kind of look at. Number one is some of you are thinking, well, why should I forgive? You know, it may it should be obvious, but the main reason we should forgive, it's 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 unhealthy not to. For us to hold back and to allow unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger to stay inside of us, it's, it's toxic and it can actually, it's, it, it hurts you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up See, it starts out like a little seed and then it grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. This is a warning about this idea of it's unhealthy for you. See, the, the, big, the big deal about forgiveness is, is, is this, I'm telling you, it's about, it's for you. It's not about that other person. See, you think it's about the other person and that's where you, you're, you, you're, you're messing up because forgiveness is for you. You know, you can't control the other person, but you can control your heart and your attitude. I want to help us understand that, that not forgiving is, is very unhealthy. That bitterness, that angerness, that, that angerness, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, it's like poison. You see this? They, they put some poison up here. I don't know what's in here. But I, I think about this, and when you're holding unforgiveness, when you're, when you're saying, you know what? I didn't deserve to be treated like that. You know what? I want to tell you something else too. I'll never forgive them. You're just drinking poison. I hate them. I gave you a very graphic picture because that's what unforgiveness does. It's like drinking poison in our lives. I know it seems heavy, but it is heavy. It's a heavy subject. You know, I talk to Christian counselors. Number one thing Christian counselors deal with for people, unforgiveness. People can't get past the past. And I'm not minimizing hurt. Some of you have been hurt terribly. And you think by hurting them because you've been hurt, that's not how it works. It, it holds you back. It, it, it leaves you not in a good place. Ephesians 4, 27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. And really, that, that whole passage is talking about unforgiveness as a doorway that invites Satan to come in and, and mess with your life. Now, a lot of us can think about times, I know that, I mean, we live, hey, let's face it, we live in a world of, of imperfect people. I mean, no one is as perfect as you, I understand that. But there's a lot of imperfect people out there that you're gonna have to do relationship with, whether it's marriage, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's brothers and sisters and dads and moms who are not perfect with their sons and daughters, for relationships to maintain a, a healthiness to them, forgiveness must be one of the main ingredients. But I, I think about a time that I had a hard time forgiving, and I remember Debbie and I were, have been married probably five, six years, and we are building a house in Tubal Terrace when I was still the youth pastor out there. And I remember uh, the guy that I was doing the house with was a, a Christian and went to church with us. And, and we had a deal that when we built it, long story short, we would refinance it. And when we did, he would pay for the refinancing. It was in a document and all that. And, and sure enough, we, we did the refinance and he never paid for it. And I said, hey, 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 what, what, what are you doing? To, here, it, it says right here, he goes, I'm not going to do it. Let me tell you something. I got angry. I was mad. This guy was stealing from me and it 
hurt me and it bothered me. And I remember, what am I going to do about this? So I, I got a friend who was an attorney and wrote a letter. And we said, hey, we got to sit down and talk outside of court. And we sat down and, and the attorney got him to agree that, yes, you owe him this amount of money. It says it right here. So we go to settle up at the attorney's office. We get in there and the guy did one last, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Anyone had a business deal? You know what I'm talking about. And he says, yeah, I know I agreed to that, but I only want to do half of what I agreed to. Now, I'm the youth pastor at the time. I'm trying to control myself, trying to be the example, right? And I remember almost coming across the desk to reach that guy's neck. And the attorney had to kind of pull me away. It's an embarrassing moment of my life. But I'm telling you, I was not happy. And so we settled for half of what I should have got. I went home and Debbie said, how'd it go? I said, this is all right. She goes, well, we need, to, we need to forgive. I said, yeah, I know. I know, we need to forgive. Leave me alone. And I remember, man, for, for months, months, I was eat up on the inside because of something that someone did to me. You know what? I wasn't hurting him, I was hurting me. And, and finally, I'm gonna give you the process I went through about God, how God helped me to forgive because God said, how many times... Have I had to forgive you? How many times have you offended me? How many times have you not done the right thing in my eyes? And I remember, man, going, whoa, wait a minute. I need to forgive because God has forgiven me and God began to soften my heart and I'm getting ahead of it, but, but it was a process. But I did, I did get to that point where there was no anger, no resentment in my heart and, and, and I was cool. Until the day Debbie said two years later, you know, you know, what's his name? I said, yeah, he goes, I know you've forgiven them, but I just think we should have them over for dinner. You're laughing. I wasn't laughing. I'm like, you've taken this thing way too far. True. She, she, we have them over for dinner. Debbie's in there preparing, and I was tempted to put a little arsenic in his food. But the Lord didn't allow me to do that. And uh, it ended up being uh, an awkward but okay dinner. I don't know the point Debbie was trying to make because just because you forgive something doesn't mean you're your friends with them again, right? To be clear, just because you forgive something, someone doesn't mean you're gonna trust them again. It's about your heart. It's about what you need to do. And so, uh, um, so here's, here's reason number two, because God forgives us. Number one, it's unhealthy for us. Number two, because God forgives us. Colossians 3 says it this way, make allowances for each other's Faults. We all have faults, right? Some of you have real serious faults, right? But we all really, we all have faults. We all are broken. We, we have a tendency as human beings to be selfish. And let's face it, in life, if you don't know this already, in life, people are gonna hurt you. Sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. You can't avoid it. That's why this verse is there. Make allowances for each other's faults. Things are gonna happen. And he goes on and says, and forgive anyone who offends you. Well, that's a great word for today. People are offended by everything now. And yet the Bible says, we, anyone who offends you, we need to forgive anyone who offends us. Remember, here's where he puts a little caveat in it. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you, come on, everyone say it, must forgive others. It doesn't give us an option. It doesn't say pretty please. This is the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible who is saying that we, as the Lord has forgiven us, we must forgive others. 
C.S. Lewis says it this way, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Wow, that's what helped me to forgive this guy. Who am I to hold unforgiveness against anybody when God forgives me and he gives mercy to me every day? One of my favorite verses, well, I'll share that. Yeah, it's right here. Favorite verses for me in the Bible is in Lamentations. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Aren't you glad his love never ends? He's never worn out like, oh my, I can't forgive. God, what are you doing, you idiot? No, his love never ends. It goes on and says, his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve the mercies of God that are fresh every morning for me. God's not up there in heaven going, here we go again. Craig did it again. No, his mercies are new every morning for me. Listen, that, that touches my heart. How can I receive the mercy of God every morning but not extend that same mercy to others? Because God forgives us. I don't deserve his mercy, but he gives it to me anyway. And I understand what some of you are thinking. They do not deserve me to forgive them. Like I said earlier, it's not about them, it's about you. Last service was quiet like this too. Because there's not a person that's hearing this message that probably has someone or something that's been really hurtful that they haven't dealt with. Maybe it's someone who even died and you're still holding unforgiveness someone from years ago. So how do I forgive, Craig? Okay, I know I should. How should I forgive others? Well, it is, I don't wanna oversimplify it, but it starts with a decision. You just make a decision. Decision what? Based on, I need to obey God. A decision to forgive isn't based on the person who will never do it. It's based on, God tells me I must forgive. So my decision is, God, I need your help because I don't want to forgive. You can be honest about it, by the way. Be honest. God, this is hard. See, being hurt is an emotional event. Making a decision to forgive is really something of your will that you begin to do, and with the power and the grace of God's Holy Spirit, he can get you to a place of freedom. Listen, forgiveness is a journey towards healing in your life. That's why we have, I love our freedom groups. Freedom is a special group, and it's, it's a part of our small groups, but they deal with a lot of our past and our hurts and things that we need to let go of. Maybe it's not too late to join. You can check on your campus. And here's what you need to know about forgiveness. You don't have to talk to someone to forgive them. In fact, sometimes it's better that you don't. You know what I mean? You, you know, the worst thing you do is go to a person and say, hey, I just want you to know I forgive you because of what you did. They go, I don't care. <laughs> sometimes it's not good to do that. Because it's not about them. It's about you. Now, the Holy Spirit will lead you at times to go to people and say, hey, I need to let you know that you know I've been angry and resentful towards you, you know why, and, and, and you need to know that 
I, I forgive you. Sometimes the power of that releases that person too, but you gotta be led by God on that. How should I forgive? We make a decision and then we forgive repeatedly. That's hard. Because it's not a one-time thing. How many know forgiveness isn't a one-time? I forgive. It's like peeling back layers of an onion. You forgive, and then that comes up again. Lord, I forgive them. Then it comes up again, and, that, and, and, and it just, it's a repeated process. Because when I was dealing with this guy, I was trying to forgive. Every time we were, we were facing a tight financial situation, I would think of, if he would have paid me, oh, he would have paid me, I wouldn't be in his position. And, and I do no, God. I forgive. It's a process. It's okay for it to be a process. It's not going to be this one-time thing. Okay, I forgive. It's heavy. It's hard. You've been hurt. But allow God to lead you through a process of healing so that you can be free. Some of you aren't free, man. You're a prisoner to the bitterness and the anger and the hate. And you think, you think you're hurting them? No, you're, you're hurting yourself. And you're probably hurting others around you. Forgiving is a process, like those barnacles. When I was talking to that guy, it's, it's, a, it's a maintenance issue. Repeatedly, you have to scrape those barnacles off. It's, it's an it's a ongoing process you have to do in life. Think about it. You're going to live a long time. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to forgive a lot of people. You forgive repeatedly. How do I forgive? We ask God to help you, ask God to help you forgive with his power and his love. I remember having to do that. God, I can't do this, man. Listen, I don't wanna forgive, I want vengeance. I wanna get even. I want them to hurt. Ain't Come on, am I the only one that feels that way? We all go through that. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. It's funny, the only time we see evil behavior is some moral things like, well, that guy's on crack, man, he's messed up. Unforgiveness is an evil behavior. Instead, here it is. Here's what the Word of God says. He's speaking to Christians here, to the church of Ephesus. Instead, be kind. To each other. You can only do that through the power of God's Holy Spirit sometimes. Be tender hearted. Some of us, our hearts have become cynical and hard and callous because you've been hurt. You need to ask God to do a deep work, to begin a work by His Spirit, to tenderize your heart, and that is a process. Forgiving one another, just as, here it is again, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Those two are always connected. They're always tied together. As we experience the forgiveness and the grace of God, how dare we not forgive someone else? First Corinthians says, his love keeps no record of wrongs. Couple of statements, just maybe it's in your notes, I'm not sure. Forgiveness must be granted. It is not earned. People don't earn forgiveness. You just need to forgive. Now, let me be clear. I, I can go so many different directions like this because I know people are thinking, but in a marriage and reputed, uh, repeated, abusive, uh, terrible situations, I don't have time to go down that road. 
okay? I'm not saying that you have to stay in a situation that is so abusive, but I'm telling you, there needs to be forgiveness. See, trust cannot be granted. It must be earned, okay? So you forgiving someone doesn't mean you trust them. The test of time is what earns trust with people, amen? So let's be clear there. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the person. It has everything to do with your heart. I've said that, but I just need to repeat it. Forgiveness is giving up your right to get even. Come on, you know how you know you haven't forgiven someone? is when you hope something bad still happens to them. You hear some bad news about them, I'm glad it happened to them. I don't think you've forgiven yet. The Bible says, we pray for our enemies. When, when you can start praying for people that hurt you, that betrayed you, did something awful, then you know, man, God's got hold of my heart, amen? Romans 12, 19 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. God is gonna right every wrong. People will be held accountable. Don't let unforgiveness drag you down, man. Don't let it become this dark place that, that, that anchors you in a, in a bad way. There's a parable that I hesitated sharing, but I'm, I'm gonna do it because it's such, Jesus gives this parable about an unforgiving servant. And, and, and this is kind of, this is not bedtime reading. This is a very heavy, scary parable. When Jesus gives a parable, he's always trying to make a point. He's making a, a big statement. And I hope you would not just read it today. Those of you that struggle with unforgiveness, and many of us do, go and read this parable several times over this next week, and I promise you, it'll motivate you to want to make a decision to start the process. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. That's what they did back then. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But that's not the end of the story. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait, he had the man arrested and put in prison until a debt could be paid in full. Story's not over. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said to him, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me? Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy 
on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. If I had a mic, we'd drop the mic right now. There's nothing else that can be said. How could we even walk out of a service and go, yeah, that's not for me. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. I know some of you have been hurt way more than I've ever been hurt or betrayed or stolen from or abandoned. But I know this, as long as you hold it in and keep repeating it and, and, and are historical about it, you're just drinking the poison. It's poisoning your life. It's affecting your relationships you have today. It's affecting the future relationships you would like to have. God wants us healed and whole and healthy. He wants us to have healthy relationships. And I pray for relationships at all of our campuses, including those who are married, man, that, that, that man, we would, we would go and, and we would maybe start from ground zero and go, okay, where do we need to go with this? Unforgiveness will keep you from what God wants you to be and go. The most Christ-like quality is to forgive. Did you know that? Jesus, when he hung on the cross, some of his last words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We're gonna share communion together on all of our campuses. You know, we always focus on communion, which is good, on the vertical relationship. Jesus said, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me, of what I did, that I gave my life, I died on a cross, and I forgave your sins. And when we do it, remember that he's forgiven us our sins. But we've heard some other verses that say, as he forgives us, we must forgive others. So as we think about the vertical relationship that we have with them, I hope that we would look at the horizontal relationships. A brother, a sister, an ex-business partner, an ex-wife or husband, a father, a mother, a son, a daughter, a marriage. And I hope we would take his word seriously that I believe today on every campus is a time to say, God, start that healing process in me. I don't wanna be feeling the way I'm feeling right now. And God, I know it's gonna be hard, but with your power and your love and the reminder of what you did for me on the cross, Jesus, I'm gonna start that process today. Colossians says this, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Remember that day where you came alive and felt the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God? It was this brand new life. Uh, an old term was born again. Alive with Christ. And he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. We dwell on that. We focus on that. And we celebrate it. Amen. But we can't just celebrate what he did for us 
without looking at our horizontal relationships and saying, God, I need to get to a better place here. Doesn't mean the relationship will be restored. Doesn't mean you'll trust them again. Doesn't mean they'll be your friend, but you have to clean your heart. Amen? So what we're gonna do is take two or three minutes and just think about some of the scriptures we shared. Pray about maybe what God is showing you you need to do to begin that process of forgiving someone. It may be more than one, but just start with the one that the Holy Spirit begins to prompt you in. And in a few minutes, after you've reflected and partaken of communion on your own, your campus pastor will come up and close the service. But please, no one, no one move. Just be still. Let God speak to you. Let him begin to do a healing in your heart. Let it be a journey of healing that begins today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.